0: Hello ladies and gents and welcome to episode 18 of the Urban Homesteading UK podcast. Welcome back Mike, how are you doing? Alright. <laughs> and I'm Alan, nice to speak to you again. So we're going with our sort of plan for a quick turnaround, so hopefully by the time you hear this we'll have been within the sort of two week window we are aiming for. Um, and it's just a quick opportunity to catch up first of all mate we've got a few bits we want to talk about today we've got a bit of a bit of a plan which quite organised for us isn't it yeah definitely so, <laughs> so a bit too organised <laughs> so i'm not sure that's a great idea we'll, we'll see how it goes um but how's, how's things been going do you want to talk a little bit about the weather lot you normally do or what's, what's been going on every gardener and his dog mate are all praying for rain <laughs> Yeah, it just hasn't rained. And not this pathetic effort we've had today, is it? In no. a few spots and no. it's just about made the grass wet and it isn't going to make any difference to the plants. Well, it I'm so? looking at the vegetable beds that I made last year are just dust. Yeah. And, and I know they're raised beds and there was so much organic matter went into those beds so I was hoping for a little bit better. But then i keep thinking that it probably has not rained properly for three weeks, I'd say. And the rest, probably. Would you say? Well, we were saying two weeks ago it hadn't rained for about a month and I don't think it's really rained. Not really, no. Not meaningful. So we are talking... Dry as a bone. Yeah. And that kind of is good and bad for mm-hmm. what we want. Obviously, if it's if it's dry, it means that there has been some good sunshine. Mm-hmm. But it has been cold still at night, very mm-hmm. cold at night. It's not so we've got those massive adaptive. fluctuations of temperature. Yeah. yeah. But just Well, you know, I'm going to move on to it pretty sharp. It's talking about the errors that I've made. And I think it's important that we do that for people to realise that we're only human as well. Yeah. If someone came round to my front garden at the moment, they'd be like, what is this wasteland? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, I would say that the thing that's, you know, dominated the the kind of weather has been been the the dryness of it all. Yeah. And how tricky it has been to keep things or get things started or or established, certainly, you know. That's what it's like where I am. I mean, you're down at the coast, but I think your weather's been pretty similar. It's much the same. I think the, the the feature for me, obviously, other than it being so dry, it's just been so cold. Hmm. And obviously, you know, when you're thinking about then, you know, what are you going to put out in the garden and what can you particularly direct sow in? The ground should be warmer now. Yeah. And I'm not convinced it's that much warmer. No. And certainly, the air temperature is not warm. And so, for things that don't like it when it's chilly, you know, ordinarily you want to be getting cracking, and you can't. And you know, the leaf buds on the, the flat on the trees and that are not coming out. In some cases, the oak trees still got no leaf on it yet. And, Loads of trees aren't out now, yet, man. So, and it feels like it's getting really late in the season. We're sort of May Bank Holiday weekends. We're talking to you, and uh, yeah, you know, yeah. It's, the year's cracking on, and it's not yet warmed up. So that's been one feature for me, I think. Uh, obviously like you my beds are dust I've been watering as often as I can get down yeah when I haven't watered enough obviously um, yeah. and I think that what what, what a sort of hoodwinked a few people myself included was that my new greenhouse was inflating with the heat yeah you know like obviously the, it, it was so hot that it yeah. was bulging because yeah. it's a plastic greenhouse yeah, so the air was warming up so the cool. air inside was warm but there's, it's very hard to ventilate a plastic yeah, greenhouse because yeah. you either have the door open yeah. or shut yeah. there isn't any sort of in my particular model there isn't any roof vents or yeah. anything like that yeah. and the moment you start to add those you just create areas where it can rip and tear because obviously so if the wind gets spent bent, you get proper greenhouse, greenhouse that well I'm yeah I agree your but mind. you're looking at probably five times the amount yeah. So, um, you know, I'll move on. So I've had quite a, b- quite a bad couple of weeks, really, with regards to success and failures. Right. Um, because I, I I was already a little bit behind, obviously, because I was waiting for things to be able to go into the ground at the allotments where I didn't have any ground. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, I, you know, I was holding back on some of those sewings. And then when I made a whole raft of sewings a fortnight ago... Um, I had about two, maybe two days where I didn't water, just, Mm. you know, things got on top of me and my routine, and then literally everything fried in the greenhouse. And when I mean fried, I mean, mean, you know, like crispy seaweed from the Chinese, mate. It was like gone. At least it was tasty. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And and I think it's very important to include our failures for people because, because, you know, we're only human, we're only working people who have got jobs as well, and so, yeah. you know, we do what we can when we can, but sometimes we make errors, and then, and then the, you know, what you have to do is you have to make decisions based on the knowledge that you have going forward, and mm. for some people it's, it might be, oh, you know, that's all finished now, I can't really do anything about that, but yeah. knowing when and how you can sew things, and we'll move on to a bit about that in a minute, means that you, you can be a bit full-armed with some knowledge about what mm. you could do. Yeah. Funnily enough, the one thing that didn't die was the sweet corn, (laughs) and then that got me thinking about how, you know, it might have been too hot for some things, Mm. but the sweet corn have actually really enjoyed it because it is hot, hot in there, and they were in a slightly deeper pot, so there was obviously some more moisture in there, and I managed to salvage those. They hadn't quite germinated as well, because obviously obviously. they were dry, they needed to soak, and then they were in this lovely warm, wet environment, and they shot up. so, even though it was terrible for my petit pois, my, monche, my Oregon sugar pod got oh battered, no. um, all of the leeks that I had in there, mm. all of the lettuce, the sage, the, everything just got smashed, right? So, they were all the things that are in the greenhouse. Um, the, all my brassicas I'd sown, um, they all died as well. The things indoors are okay, and funnily enough, the things indoors didn't have that level of heat because they're just in, inside, so they're on that sunny windowsill. So, the chilies, The tomatoes, um, the peppers, and the outdoor cucumbers, they're all all right, you know. And I've managed to keep them not so they haven't got leggy, they've stayed quite small and compact, which is what I want from plants like that at this time. Yes. Going on, I don't mind if they start to shoot on, but, you know, knowing that I might have to keep them in in the pot for another three or four weeks at least, I don't need that. I don't want them to get too big, you know, I just want them to develop good structure. So... So that's okay, um, but what I've had to do now is like count my losses and start over with some things, which is gonna put my harvest back yep. these two weeks. Yep. You've gotta get your head around that. But it isn't too late, and, and that's what's really important. Unfortunately for you, you are saying that your leek's fried. Yeah. If you, if you get it done like pronto, it's not too late to get some leeks in the ground, is it? It really isn't. So what happened is, on Wednesday, so today's Friday, on Wednesday I just did another massive batch of sowing and because nothing had really grown in the compost I hadn't really lost out on the compost yeah. I just had to rehydrate it what yeah, yeah. what happened now is like any seeds that were in there it's gonna be all sorts of <laughs> but I couldn't afford to throw it away and then no. start over so yeah. you know I just scraped off the top and then yeah. went back in yeah. and um because the nutrients still in that compost yeah. like it just needed rehydrating yeah. really and I mixed it with a bit of new but yeah. um I re-sowed the leeks I re-sowed the Greyhound cabbages yeah i 'm not doing sprout and broccoli i don 't think this year okay um, I, I'm, i've been i 've been trying to really simplify what i 'm going to eat and grow, yep. um, and i would rather I would rather sim- do some things well simply rather yep. than you know all lots of little bits and um and knowing what spaces i 've got to grow and, and time to give it that is what 's governing what i 'm growing yep. at the moment, and without you know not to put too far, fine a point in it, salad stuff, something green. Carrots, onions, garlic, um and beans. I'm there nearly. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything else is a bonus. Yeah. So I very much have concentrated on just getting all those basics right yeah. again. So that I've got that basis to then grow on from, really. Mm. Um so I went as I was going through the the compost obviously a lot of things started now it might be that some of the Oregon sugar pot are salvageable yeah you know obviously re-soaked those but some of those peas when I dug through it only just germinated yeah but I don't know what the extremes of the heat will do to those and sometimes you have to make a decision mm. you have to decide is it better to try and nurse plants which have already had massive stress mm. or start over and in that situation I, I just started over because I don't want them to limp on and me nurture and tend and plant in the ground and then and then they still, don't come to nothing. Yeah, because yeah, you know I've got a limited amount of space to grow. I'm better off just yeah. slate clean and going through it. So that's what I've done, and um, and so they, that, that, that's so that's the sowings I've done. But we're going to talk a bit more about sowings. Yeah, later. I want to talk a little bit, and we're probably going to try for the three sections today and three segments, and then the middle one is going to be a little bit about what people could be doing. So we've had a few questions. I, Fielded a few questions from a colleague of ours at the weekend about some plants that he had, he sent me a bunch of pictures, and yeah. what would you do with these, and what are these, and whatever, and you know, there's some lessons to be learned there maybe, so perhaps to share some of that with people, but that, that's, that's for later. Um, so for me, I had, a, I had a lovely day on Saturday, mate, i tell yeah. you, I had such a nice time. All those proper homesteady days, at the sourdough on the go, I decided that I was fed up with the, the, the chest freeze being full up with tomatoes. Yeah, so it came out and went in the pot and got turned into passata. Very nicely done. And then I took the the pulp and the um like the, the, the skins and the seeds that was left over after I'd sifted it all, I put that in a dehydrator. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna it's, just, it's an idea I got off our mate Carl. Yeah. Um and I wanna um dehydrate that, grind it down, and then I can use it as like a condiment. Oh, okay. So like um it'll be powdered tomato effectively. Yeah. So like in soups or on top of a pizza or something like that. It's like just another ingredient just have a play with rather than wasting that. And we probably would give it to the chickens to be fair. No. Um, but actually I'm, i can use it, so I'm really gonna try and use that. So I had that going. I I did a load more sewings myself as well at the weekend. Right. Um managed so, to keep yours for life. Well, <laughs> it's very different with a greenhouse, mate. I mean one of the greenhouses is heated and the other yeah. one's got automatic venting on the roof. Yeah, yeah. well that's um, how they live down on the south coast, isn't it? Hey, eh? got the old plastic Bad boy, I've got, mate. Well, I've been fortunate enough to have a bit of money for that at times. When I've the, when the, when needed it, I've had the money, so I've been, yeah. been lucky. And I've done I know so. that I will definitely get something going forward. Yeah, yeah, so definitely. much better. And so we don't have the I don't have the problems with them scorching. I've had I've had some on the windowsill scorched. Some of my smart seeds that have germinated on the windowsill on the top on the yeah. top floor of the house have been scorched underneath because they're in a little cloche as well, yeah. trying to generate some humidity. And I've had them come up and then get get burnt off by the sun, um, but. You know, you get those failures in there. The greenhouse itself is pretty good, to be fair. Yeah. Um, and and because I've now stopped pricking out, I've, I've been literally been able to concentrate on the set, on the sewing mm. So well, what I was wondering though, oh, yeah, when when I was having like, my failures, yeah, it did sort of make me think. Well, what if I didn't have a greenhouse? Because that wouldn't have happened if I didn't have a greenhouse. No. I wouldn't have sown as many things. No. And some people haven't got a greenhouse. No. So you know. You can put some things on a sunny windowsill to get them started, like your tomatoes. But there's only and sunny, many sunny, sunny, sunny windowsills yeah, you no, got in your house. There's no <laughs> yeah. way that I could have 100 petit pois yeah. or mange too in my house. There's just no, there's no way, is there? You know? no. So, no. I mean, there's, there's simple solutions. Um, you can make a little cloth of not very much, but your PVC or plastic or whatever you've got. Mm. We talked about before, didn't yeah, we? Yeah. You know, just raising it up off the ground enough that you can put plants underneath it and that will have the same effect of water yeah. underneath it. Yeah. Um, and I would argue possibly with less risk of happening what happened to you with your bro house as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I mean, it is in full sun, that yeah, greenhouse. Yeah, yeah. It couldn't be in a better position, yeah. you know, and it's got a light wall behind it where it gets yeah. heat reflected back into it, yeah, yeah. and there's certainly no shading in it or on the outside of it even, you know. So it was inevitable that if I didn't catch it, it would absolutely torch the well, inside. What well, I found with the greenhouse, even in full sun, which they both are, hmm. there's no issue right the way around the year. Even mm. when it's scorching outside, yeah. I yeah. obviously you know I tend to open the windows and the doors when I know it's going yeah. to be really hot. Yeah. Um, but the temperatures we've had, even that really hot day we had back in March, no problem. Yeah. At all. It was mine did fry in that. But the other side of it is that some of those things didn't need to be in a greenhouse at all. So my lettuces, yeah. my lettuces would have been happy out. Yeah. Apart from the sparrows and the leeks, probably would have been happy out. The leeks were well, perfectly well. happy outside as well. So once I've sowed those and they've germinated, I will move them straight outside. I think going forward, going yeah. forward. So, uh, you know, um, the other thing that's been going on in my uh, little micro-farmage is the quail. Yeah. And they're hatched. I saw some pictures. On some Monday. Monday. Oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Now, obviously, I'm doing those with my daughter. She's doing the majority of the care. and She's yeah. going to be looking looking after those going forward. But out of the 20, I think we had nine... So about half, yeah, and then one has subsequently died. One was wow. one one had a bit of shell on it and stuff like that. And so, you know, it was there's always one little runt one in there yeah. always, similarly when it? Yeah. So that one passed away. Yesterday. So we're down to eight, um, and and that's all right. I think that's just about as low as we could go numbers wise because obviously half of those will be yeah, cocks yeah. and half of the hens, yeah. And you need with, with quail. My understanding is that you need to have enough. Hens to cover the cockroo. Well, otherwise, he can get a bit feisty with them. Um. You know, because obviously he'll have his favourite and yeah. uh, and stuff like that. So it might be that we have to do another batch. Yeah. Or I've got a couple of friends who keep quail, and it might be that we just get in a couple of hens, or we just buy some hens. But we'll probably do another, another lot sooner yeah. rather than later. Yeah. But they are absolutely amazing. I mean, they are literally like a bumblebee. That is the size <laughs> of a baby quail. Is the size of a you know this big old. Queen bumble, as you yeah, see yeah. in March, but yeah. was, that's the size they are, yeah. and that's what they look like. Yeah. But they're scooting around and that, and um, they're doing great. So, you know, I'll be keeping on with the postage of um, films and videos and pictures mm. of those. And they're beginning their outside run, but obviously not for a little while yet. They've got to go into a brooder box and weaned off heat until they're fully feathered and stuff yeah. like that. So, we have got a little while before that happens. Yeah. But that was a real success. So that's really good, yeah. Successes and failures, mate. Well, that's what it's all about though, isn't it? It's, you know, trying to learn from the failures and, and enjoy the successes, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. I've had some issues with my wildlife pond. i put got some pictures up over, the east, over Easter where I'd, um, I'd had a good old clear out because it got real silted up and the, mm-hmm. the, the aquatic mint I had in there had taken over and just cleared a load of it out. And um, subsequently, unfortunately, it's come back with a load of algae and blanket weed. Right. So I've had some issues with that, which I've been trying to resolve. So I've got some barley straw that's going in there, which is supposed to help. Clean it up apparently, right, Okay, so as that breaks down, that releases, I think it's like hydrogen peroxide or something, really slowly into the water, but that kills off the algae and the weed, and that okay, you know, any harm apparently. Right, right. so I'm gonna try that. Um, so that's gone in this week, so we'll see a couple of weeks' time. after that started to resolve that issue, yeah, yeah. yeah. But other than that, the, the hens are laying well. My apple tree that I moved, that's going really that's, that's beautiful. going all right. Oh, it's resplendent, mate, in like blossom, it's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I never got my apple tree this year. I wasn't yeah. I was looking for some patio fruit yeah. a few episodes back, but uh, everything got a little bit on top of me, but we well, you know, the things do on fire on. and have a look in the King's catalogue in the autumn because they mm. always have them in there. Yeah, yeah. So we'll find be, yeah. I'm not sure if they're a lot cheaper in there for that, but there's cheaper seeds, so they might rather be. Oh definitely we'll get something and move it on. But it's it's like all things and you know, you've just gotta make those little successes or prep a day or whatever we call it, and yeah. you just keep moving on and yeah, you'll have some things which set you back, like what we've had. But yeah. there are always those successes going on, and where whatever stage you're at in the season or getting started, there's always something you can do. And there's pretty much always something you can sow or grow. There's only a few months when you can't do anything, isn't it? You yeah, it depends on your setup. But yeah, yeah, it's not very you know, much the year not, you can't do yeah, You've got there's always something you can definitely. Yeah. So, as we grow. talked about the indoors, the mung beans and yeah, coriander can absolutely. be done in your can't they? So, yeah. I think what that, you know, it'd be nice now if we perhaps thought about um, perhaps talking about what you could do now. Well, shall we? Because a lot of what I did at the weekend and what, a lot of what I've got to talk about really has been about sewing. Yeah. Um, and also, for me, having made some errors with regards to the greenhouse, yep. you know, I'm sewing as well. And, you know, what could. Well, I think what a lot of people have spoke to me about is that they know what they want. They know what they want to grow. Yeah. But it's just a little bit more in depth from us about when and yep. how. Okay. And, and, you know, little things like, do I keep them indoors? Do I keep them in a heated yep. greenhouse, uneated greenhouse, plastic yep. cloche, yep. so direct. Yep. Well, it's them sort of questions yeah, just yeah. so... And we know that we could, we, we could bombard people with, you know, maybe 30 or 40 things you could sow now, but we're going to maybe split it up a little bit. I, th- I think just to give a feel for it, uh, to try and give some specific examples yeah. would be useful, and then I think also perhaps to because I think one of the big mistakes that people make, and you know, like you look at the back of a seed packet, yeah, and you can sow tomatoes in January, yeah, yeah. But what what you then need to understand is that in April, when yeah. it's still potentially frosty outside, yeah. you still can't you still out. can't put them outside. No. So where are you going to keep them? And that's where people go wrong. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And we'll we'll pitch it maybe so that we're going to say that you've maybe got your garlic your early spuds and probably your main crop spuds your broad beans they're in yep. so we're not going to kind of talk about that even yep. though if you like literally had a spare bit of ground and there was some spare seed potatoes which were yep. main crop you could definitely still, still put them in and things, no. you can still put broad beans in but we're going to sort of imagine that you've done those bits if you haven't yep. you still can but we're going to concentrate on maybe four or five things yeah, yeah. Okay. that's right. Right. Well, we'll how to do them right well, we'll take a quick break we'll come back and do that shall we And Welcome back. So, we, uh, we said before the break, there we'd spent a bit of time talking about what you should be doing now, didn't we? So, I well, mean, obviously, we had some questions from a friend of ours about you know different plants that he had, and he had some bits and pieces, courgettes, and beans, and some tomatoes. Maybe I think, I he think was. what he'd done is um, he bought one of those um, multi packs where yeah. you get like a, uh, an allotment set, yeah. Okay, yeah. I think he had like about six or seven sets of seeds all coming in a yeah. package, and they're good yeah. value, tend to, yeah. to be. Um, and they were a reputable company, seed company, yeah. but. I think it was a little bit right. I'll say I'm all now, you know, okay, i yeah, all in. So yeah. I think yeah. that what we what we should do perhaps first is talk about the difference when it says on the back of the seat packet, indoor, undercover, yeah, yeah, outdoor, heated. Yeah. I think we need to sort of talk about that a little okay, bit. Yeah? So Perhaps the easiest way to sow something is that you sow it outdoors, it grows, and then you, it stays where it is. Yeah, so, so direct. Yeah. So direct, yeah, yeah. right? And for, so, my, the example I would give for those would be carrots. Yeah. Okay, because I think that carrots, unless you're going for a very early crop and you might sow them in your greenhouse border, yeah. you know, in, you know you can, and you can literally do those in January yeah. or February, yeah. let's, you know, you, they're, they're probably the easiest example of that, all yeah. right? So you're gonna sow them where you want them to grow, they're going to stay there until you're ready to dig them out of the bag. And eat them. And then you're going to eat them. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah. And they don't ever have to be covered, really. Yeah. We can talk about pests, but yeah. we thought we might do that next week. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> carrots yeah. are perhaps your, per- carrots are perhaps, you know, for me, they're, they're one of my favourite crops to grow. I it. absolutely love growing carrots. Okay. Just because I think the flavour is unbelievable. Yeah. And, yeah. and I actually think that they're pretty good for space. You know, when you look at how yeah. close that rows of carrots have to be, you're probably yeah. looking about five, six inches. I'll tell you what, and if you're in you a bucket, they're even better for space. Yeah, <laughs> they are, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, gro- I'm growing carrots in Tesco trays now. Yeah. I'm doing yeah. an experiment yeah, at the yeah, moment to works. see how they come out. Yeah. And I've, I've got total control over the compost, yeah. which is really nice, because yeah. they don't actually need it that, that fertile. No. They co- like really loose soil. But anyway, yeah. that's not what we're doing. No. Go back. Yeah. So focus. How'd you, how would you sow sow carrots? So literally get, and this is important, where they're going to grow mm. spend the time digging it over yeah. and getting any stuns out or, okay? or, or or go the other way yeah and do the whole no dig thing where well, you yeah. cover the whole where you're going to do it with mm. a layer of cardboard yeah and then a good thick layer of compost, compost four yeah. six inches of compost yeah. and then sow into that sow into that so a couple of different ways of yeah. doing that but you're going to prepare your soil so that it's as stone free as it can be. Loose. And loose. And, and not a bad idea if you want to put some sand in it. Yeah. And if you and if you've and we call it a fine tilt, don't yeah. we? And what you're looking for there is something that resembles like breadcrumbs or if you're gonna make a like an apple crumble, yeah. the crumble mix when you mix yeah. the flour and the, the, the margarine yeah. together before you add anything else to it, yeah? Yeah, and you you know, if you if you've got really deep soil you can do that with big digging fork but a hand fork is plenty fine if yeah, you can just do yeah, that just right? so then with carrots um, mark out your drills or your little shallow indentations that you're going to sow into and I'd be looking at about half an inch that's what I would mm-hmm. do for carrots and then probably the most important thing about carrots is this is that the seeds are tiny mm. and you will inevitably have to thin them out when they start to grow. So thin them out, what's that mean? So like pulling out ones in between to leave the carrots about, uh, I like about an inch apart. about a two space. Two fingers. Yeah. Two finger two, width. width. Oh, how little are your fingers? Tiny. Two fingers. Yeah, that's about an inch, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. And you're going to end up, once they're all up, if you just leave them all to grow, you won't get loads of carrots. You'll get... Well, you will, but they'll be tiny. They'll be tiny, not worth. So what it. you have to do is you have to thin them out to about one per inch, and then they will grow, and they'll almost end up touching each other at the tops, yeah. yeah? yeah. As and that's like perfect, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And the soil can't, the soil can't deal with any more than that no. anyway. No. So it's actually a good idea when you sow the seeds to sow them as thinly as you can. So mm-hmm. you know, obviously, that takes a bit of practice, doesn't it? Because there is a tendency to bung a load in I, th- I think with, and particularly with carrots there's a tendency to do it because you'll get a packet of carrots with 1500 seeds in yeah it. millions <laughs> and, and you want to sow 25 carrots right yeah that's it yeah, so that's, that's actually what you actually want, want 25. Right, right, like 25 that'll do you for a couple of weeks or three yeah. weeks whatever it is yeah um, or maybe a bit more if you don't eat very many carrots and you're going to sow 1500 carrot seeds that's where people are going to go I think it, you're yeah? right and I also think there's a tendency for people to think oh, I'll do a few extra just for luck you know <laughs> <laughs> and what I'll you're definitely you what that. you're better at doing is holding those seeds back for next year because carrot seeds last for quite a long time. So, so have you got any tips on how to make sure they don't over sow? Well, I've I have. Um, what I tend to do is I tend to moisten. The seed bed first, yeah. right? So yeah. once I've made my little drill, yeah, I actually water it first. Okay, so you're gonna get like a stick and you're gonna just like run your finger down it to get it deep enough, or yeah, I, or I if trials, I'm being totally honest, what I, what I do is I lay a stick on the ground and press it, okay, just step on yeah. it, yeah, yeah, press yeah. it so that it makes that nice indentation, yeah, and then I water it. And the reason I water it is because it makes the soil go darker and I can okay. actually see the carrot seeds because okay. carrot seeds are sort of light brown yeah white so light brown you're summer. talking about not getting the like pressure hose on it but i uh, no, uh, can with the little rose, it. yeah little, and yeah, then the because it's damp when i then cover it up i don't really need to do any more i don't need to re-water it yep. that day you know yep. and then i actually am a bit of a salt and pepper pinch, yep. seller. pinch sprinkle, I yeah i know that you can mix carrot seeds in with sand if you want yep. and all yep. that i've never done that so i'm not no. going to say i have or, no. you know no. um I have seen people do a technique where they put the seed in the palm of their hand. And they tap their hand so the seeds run down the grooves yeah. of your hands. Yeah, so if you if you pinch your hands your hands together, not into a fist, but halfway right into a there, cup, yeah, make it a little cup as if you're going to cup some water. Yeah, and you've got a little natural crease in your hand. That's it, mate. Well, yeah. I have. Yeah, no, everybody. everybody <laughs> does, mate. I've taught this for years. Everybody yeah. does. Right. So you can just tap tap your hand and yeah. the seeds will run down. Yeah, and that's okay if you can get up close and personal with your beds. Yeah, but some people might not want to stand on their beds and things like that. So you Could have a plank going across your bed and do yeah. it that way and stuff. I want like to use as a scaffold board, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, that works. A gravel board to do the same job. Yeah, and then you've got your gaps, haven't yeah. you? But I just tend to use it like I was doing a pinch of salt. Yeah. Right? And I take it really slow and I always air now with carrots on the side of caution. Yeah. I don't do that, bung them in. You know, yeah. I just do them as thin as I can, thinking that. You know, I, I try and make that decision when I look. What happens if they all germinate? Yeah. You know, there's yeah. 30 seeds there, yeah. so I'm taking out 29. So. I, I think, I think for me, if you're going to do that way, and it's the way I do it as well, is if you get in your hand approximately how many you need for your yeah rub, Yeah. You're not going to oversew it because you're then going to try and spread those out across the row. Yeah. So if you if you know you're going to sow thirty seeds in that row, yeah, and that's how many you want, yeah, get about thirty seeds yeah. in your hand, yeah. and they're not so small you couldn't count. Them no, out not carrot seeds, to. I don't think. No, I mean there are some that are that you struggle with, yeah, but lettuce. not te- they don't tend to be vegetable seeds that are so small you can't yeah. deal with but like that. Lettuce is a tricky. Lettuce is a tricky because the way they, they stick together. Yeah, they stick, yeah. <laughs> but there's a trick to that. It's <laughs> a little pen, though, yeah, and and right, a yeah. bit pen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, friction. Yeah, that seems to work. So once you've sowed that little thin row. Or in a or it doesn't have to be a row, it could be in um in a pot like you say or mm-hmm. a bucket or whatever, yeah, then I gently cover them over yeah um if you know you could you could water then if you've got one of those fine roses on the yep. end of your on the end of your watering can, yeah. don't just slap the water down because they'll all wash everywhere. Whatever you do, don't use a like, big hose on seeds. No, even with it's all right if you've got those misters on the end yeah, of it. Yeah, that's mister, yeah, that's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, those. But if you've got a watering can, it definitely needs a rose on the end. Yeah. You know, most people actually say you spend more on that bit than the watering can, yeah. you know. So, water them and then, and I think that this is probably one of the other things that people find tricky is how much to water think that that can be really tricky for people I've got to tell you about my warring can mate alright I'm sitting here was, just, you, was it lazy? Did so, you look at I'm it I'm dreaming <laughs> about my warring can now do you know what I'm saying <laughs> last payday I was in the, in the garden centre yeah. uh, and I saw a warring can Yeah. Well, the, my ones I've got at the allotment are getting a bit ropey right and one of them I put my, my fist through the top of it trying to fill, the, fill it with water <laughs> the other day, and I pushed it down in the butt at, yeah, the, at the allotment and the, the, and box, just, the top of it crumbled away it still works but the water splashes out the top yeah. now I was like by myself, and you walk I was looking around at the cheap plastic ones, and I was like, That ain't gonna work. For no, me. So and then I saw this metal one, aluminium yeah. thing. Oh, my word! So, you just thought it's, it it's just a joy, mate. So, <laughs> watering in the seeds and the lettuces at the allotment now, even the plastic ones, yeah. and they are cheap, they're about half the price, maybe a bit less, yeah, than the metal ones. But, and always get one. two, I'll take you, yeah, yeah, get Always two. get two. But the, the, the quality of this metal one, and the rose mm. in particular, is so much better than yeah. anything I've ever wow. bought on plastic. Well, has worth, worth the money. I, This is going to mean nothing to anybody here, but where we worked... Do you remember Shirley? Yeah. She bought in once a load of tools that she'd had in her allotment. Yeah. And in that was a number two metal watering can. Yeah. And it must be 50. No. And I nabbed that. Yeah. That's in my house. <laughs> and that's, that's still got the screw attachment that you can screw a rose on. Yeah, this one screws on as well. Yeah. yeah. And that has been unbelievable. Yeah. And i still that's use that sure. But you see them. Like as antiques or giving away or whatever, and yeah. they're way better than the plastic ones. Oh, way better. So, so if you if you ever see a decent metal um, watering can, get yeah. hold of it. That's get what we're saying, isn't it? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry, you were saying. I'm so what not. I would say is that with with watering, I I know that over the years I've watered too much. Mm-hmm. Right. So you need to. You can't just tell what's happening by the surface because even now with all the heat we've had, you know, two inches under the surface of my soil it's damp. I did it the other day? Yeah, I did the other day. At work, I'm doing a little bit of work on this, and we yeah. water in the ground. And yeah. like, you think that's water, yeah, and you run your finger through the soil down to about half a centimeter, yeah, and it's bone dry, bone dry. So, even when it looks like it's soaked on the surface, so you're better off to water once or twice a week, really well, yep, than tickling it and not doing much at all, right? The yeah. only thing that I would say is that with seeds, they do need the damp to germinate, you know, if it's dry as a bone, yeah, they, they won't even go, they won't start. And if you're sowing anything bigger than carrot <coughs> seeds. If you're thinking about peas or sweet corn or some beans, they need quite a lot of water at the beginning because they have to saturate, the, the, they, they've got to swell and split. Yeah, yeah. You know, and if you just do them once and then it's dry, they're going to need a little bit more than yeah. that. All right? Anyway, so the, your carrots, once you've done that row, cover them back up, give them a light watering. You might want to leave them for a couple of days before I would even start thinking about giving them an lot. Can I espouse the virtues of putting a label at the end of the road? Absolutely. Love so, a good label, mate. So some sort of label that's not going to wash away. Blood you can blood. do that, only if I can say, don't go out and buy plastic labels. That's absolutely fine. Because exactly. I hate that. Can't be milk bottles, whatever. No problem. Do you know what I found? What? I found uh, craft lolly sticks. Okay. In Poundland. Yeah. 300 for a pound. Okay. Made of wood. Okay. Literal lolly sticks yeah. that you can... Rub out with a pencil yeah. and then reuse every year. So you say don't buy plastic ones, but I use plastic ones mm. and I rub out yeah. and reuse them every year. Yeah, and that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Um, so you can go down that route or you can go down the lolly sticks. I find the lolly sticks tend to go mouldy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you end up not if you, them them. Them so not, not if you don't water them in my greenhouse. Nothing went mouldy in my greenhouse, mate. They just fry. They might catch fire. They burn. Right?
1: They burn. <laughs> they they
0: went <were> on. Hazard. <laughs> that's what happened in mine I think the term's kindling yeah. Yeah. So, put, but yeah so label put, put the, the, what it is in the, on the label but yeah. also put the date on the label yeah. and the reason you're going to put the date on the label is so you know when you sold it so that in three weeks time if nothing has happened yeah, then you start to question well what's gone wrong have a little look you have big. a dig so you might then have a little dig and have a look around and if you don't, if you don't put the date on there and in three weeks' time, you are like, oh, my carrots aren't up yet so yeah. When did I sow them yeah, again? Yeah, yeah. What should they be doing? It just takes that confusion. And, and in this thing. day and age, you should might um, take... Because what I found quite interesting was going back to last year and mm-hmm. looking at my photos on my phone yeah. and I can see how high things are and what I'd well, sow we when it's quite was, interesting. Because in, this time last year, we were only seeing each other because of lockdown. Yeah. So we were sending photos to yeah. and fro of everything, weren't we? I think, and I know a lot of people way. might want to do it that way. Yeah, so that's another way to do it. But anyway, just keep a record of when you sowed it. I've talked about carrots there, but that could be beetroot, that could be turnips. Yeah, it could be okay. radishes. It could be any any of those sort of <coughs> crops, right? Yeah. And, and they're all things that you could sow direct yeah. now. And it could also be um, one of those um, leafy salad mixes. Not the heading lettuces, but yeah. not like a romaine or a cos or anything like that. But, you know, like the bags of lettuce. Oak you leaf like, salad. Oak leaf salad or mixed, mixed leaf greens, salad, yeah. Spicy leaf salad. Yeah. They do all those sort of salad mixes. In you the could do them like that. Rocket. Yep. Yeah, rock it the same. Yeah. So anything you're going to sow a nice row of and... You know, with with the the lettuces and that you might sell them a little bit closer together to be fair. Well yeah and the other difference is and you can do it a bit when we were talking about thinning out, of course Mm. when you're thinning out carrots or beetroots, well no actually well no, it's only the carrots actually. Mm. You're not you you can eat the little bit at the bottom, but it won't be much, right? But all the other things, the beetroot, the turnips and you can actually eat them the radish, the thinning the the thinnings, yeah. You can eat our plant in all those cases, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um the carrots and the beetroot and the turnips are uh something that you would want to get maybe to carrots probably about an inch apart beetroot and turnips probably maybe three or four inches apart yeah if you yeah. want to grow a nice one i would yeah. suggest so you thin them out to that but you know there are other ways to grow vegetables this is just one way of yeah. sowing direct yeah. some people would sow these in pots yeah. and then transplant them i wouldn't recommend it generally for root crops not have carrots sowed, but beetroot beetroot you can i it's not brilliant I don't no. think it's brilliant for beetroot or for turnips I've gotten away with it with the parsnip seemingly that I did yeah. a couple of weeks ago uh, but I would say it's, it, it, it's not a beginner skill not no there are some people who expound group planting and then you get yeah. lots of small ones multi sowing yeah. multi sowing yeah. yeah sorry and we've yeah. done that but I think for starting out I think this is easier it's the simplest way I would yeah. suggest right. yeah. so, so we've talked a bit about sort of roots Yeah. let's do a little bit more about salads because okay. it might not be as deep yeah so it might not be as deep, um, You might. I mean, in this instance you might use vermiculite maybe, rather than covering back over with soil. Right, vermiculite is, is? It's a very, very lightweight organic rock. Um, the soil, it's product has been made from organic rock that's very, very lightweight. It's all grow. crushed up, isn't it? It's all crushed up, it's tiny, um, and it means that, the, that the, the water can get through and the seeds can get back up really, really easily. Um, so you might do that but I, I wouldn't I'd just go with the same stuff just yeah. not as deep like you say yeah. um, but it depends on what sort of salad you're sowing so like a rocket or like the, the leafy salads like we said you would sow a row a row yeah but whereas if you're going to do like a cos lettuce yeah. you might do a row but yeah. rather than doing like the salt pinch and sprinkle yeah um I, I would suggest that you're going to almost dot those along. You're not going yeah. to do a drill on a long row. Yeah. You're going to maybe do one and then leave like 20 centimetres and then do yeah. another little sprinkle. Yeah. Leave twenty pa- cent- pa- do a low, little patches. Th- so yeah. two or three little patches yeah. each okay. time. And then, because then what you want is the best one's going to come up. Yeah. I personally still wouldn't do it that way. No, not a while. Because there's loads of reasons why it, that's complicated. And so I don't but, think, that, so we've done direct sowing. So we might talk <laughs> about something different here. I think so, we and might. I think the same with the other crops we're going to talk about yeah. as well. So we might now talk about, if you're not going to just sow straight where they want to grow, yeah. we might talk about starting things in a pot yep. and then pricking out. Is that yep. what we're going to talk I, about? I, again, I wouldn't prick out. I don't think yeah. it's necessary okay. in this day and age. I see it done on yeah. Gardener's World. Which is what it I make, do. Um, but I just think it's, it's not, that's not a beginner skill again, and, no. it's, and it's not uh, necessary. Right, so we're go pl- going plugs. I'm right? going plugs every right. so time. So go on yeah. then, talk about plugs. And so, we'll talk about <clears> what? Salads and maybe maybe Peas? Peas, salads, peas, and brassicas as well the same, so cabbages and your broccolis and all that. Yeah. So all those in pots in modules. And yeah. I know we're doing this for people at the beginning, right? Yeah. Some cabbages are for now, yeah. but some are not. So there is a cabbage for nearly every season. Yeah. In fact, there is a cabbage for every season. So the ones that we sow right. in now are for summer. summer. So still. let's just talk about that yeah. and then we'll do the others yeah. after. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. if you're doing <coughs> sprouting broccoli, yeah. Brussels sprouts, yeah. and summer cabbage. Yeah. This is how you would yeah, do. Yeah, them. and, and we, when we do sprouting broccoli, you're actually talking about both now—the yeah. summer sprouting, which is typically green, but also your purple and white sprouting for this time next year. Yeah, it's all going to be sown about now. Okay. Some of them you can do a bit later, and that's probably not a bad idea. But you can do there's varieties you can do now for all of those things. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm talking about modular pots, so I'm talking about the little cells, the little sort of multiple tray, multiple yeah. little pots that are all held together by this one big yeah. tray. Yeah. And if you so it might be. And you can mm. buy those, yeah. And if you if you didn't have those, yeah, you could still do them in little pots, you yogurt could, pots, yeah, you or do whatever. A, you can do them in yogurt pots, you can do them in, in little pots that you get plants that you've saved from last year, yeah. Personally, if I, if I were looking at it, I wouldn't go out and buy an empty pot this year, I'd go down the garden center or BQ somewhere, yeah, and I'd find some nice bedding plants, yeah, and I'd plant them in the garden and I'd use yeah. those pots. And I have personally, because I am a bit of a cadger, yeah, I have gone into a nursery mm. and said. Can I have some of your things that you get your plug? Because yeah. lots of nurseries out there is delivered like yeah, that. Yeah. And then I don't know whether they send them all back or whatever. But if you ask, I would be very surprised if they didn't have some round yes. the back. Yeah. You know. And you're going to buy those. And typically they come in a fairly standard size. There's a full seed tray size, which is probably about, I don't know, what's that? 35, 40 centimetres yeah. maybe uh, by about 20-ish, yeah. I guess. Um, yeah. And so those that's a full-size tray. And you can get them in like... 15 plug modules, you get 12 plug modules. I've even seen some Tiddlers. Yeah, I've, I've seen some really tiny ones yeah. where you get like the little tiny plug plants yeah. from the nursery. Yeah, like, you know, and they're like You get a tiny little thing that's like about A5 size yeah. piece of paper with yeah. like... 40. 40. Yeah, 50 or whatever it is in there. So, different size plugs, it's about choosing one that's going to work for you. I tend to go with the half size, which is about the size of an A5 sheet of paper. Yeah. And I get six plants mm-hmm. in there. Okay. And the reason I choose that one is that I know those plants will be happy in there yeah. for when I sow them. So when I'm ready to plant them out, yeah, okay. Whereas if I put them in something smaller, I'm probably going to have to pop them, pot yeah. them on, which and that's is just going, another thing to do. It's another skill, it? It's another thing to do. So um, what we're talking about here is starting your plants in small little yeah. pot pots, yeah. basically, or plugs. Yeah and they're going to be in there until you put them where yeah. they're going to then grow and finish. Yes, yeah? Yeah. and then you're right. going to plant them out when you're ready to transplant yeah. them Why would you do that? What's the reasons for, reasons for it? Uh, the reason that I do it is that it means I can do it at home when I want to do it rather than having to go to the allotment to do it. Yeah. It means I've got control over where those plants are Yeah. and that's important for not getting fried. Yeah, yeah uh, it's yeah. also important for pests because I have a big problem with pest pressure for Yeah, and um, yeah. so if I can get them growing onto sort of four or five inches, you know, twenty centimeters, wherever that is, without much competition, without, or... without any competition, without the slug getting to them, without the birds eating them, without all those other issues, when I plant them out, if I then do that at the right time, yeah, they should grow on quickly and that avoids okay. that problem. A lot of the problems that people have when they plant these things out is that. Um, They've got this thing that's beautifully snuggly up in the, in the greenhouse, yeah. And then they plant it out, and it's cold at night, and, and then the plant slows it. down. What the hell? And then the slugs pick it off yeah, because yeah, the plant's not yeah. strong enough to, to recover, okay. Um, so yeah, lots of reasons for doing it. But how to do it, do to do it? Yeah, well, yeah, and um, do you know what? I think the sprout and broccoli is all right, but tell me a couple of cabbages. I know you can do greyhound, so graham, I'll do primo these are the different varieties um, yeah so ground and primo probably two I mostly do greyhounds like a pointed cabbage I or a tender heart cabbage I love that yeah, yeah, beautiful cabbage uh, and then primo mm-hmm. is, is your white cabbage salad like a okay. coleslaw, coleslaw sort of nice thing, yeah. so if so you're looking of... for some varieties to do now yeah, yeah. that'd be it that's a good place to start the sprouting broccoli is it normally just called well, I've got purple sprouting broccoli I've got, I've got <laughs> herb Green and broccoli. All right. They're really, really yeah, impressively nice. named. I've also got one called Rudolph. Oh, okay. But it's red, yeah. Well, yeah, fair yeah. enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Okay, so um, just so that people... Yeah, if they're going out. Give them a couple of names. Yeah, so it's a couple of names to start with, but there's lots of different ones. What you won't get at this time of year is the savoy cabbage. Yeah, because that's more of a winter thing. Yeah, we'll talk yeah. about that. We'll come, that come on to that some. later on in the year. When so, so how on. how would you do it now? How deep? What do they look like? So, so brassica seeds. They all look the same, do they? They all look like brassica seeds are all identical, yeah. right? So yeah, you want to take some of those down the down the RHS and oh, can you just identify those brassica <laughs> seeds? I mean, that would really confuse them. Um, so they, they all look pretty much the same, and, and they're like little tiny round balls. Like full hundreds, stops, hundreds, mate. Hundreds and thousands. They're full stops, aren't they? Hundreds and mate? thousands, but they're all black, yeah? Or dark grey, yeah? Um, and what you're going to do, in my, in my case, I'm going to sow those in modules, so I'm going to put some compost in there. Yeah. Usually I'm going to fill that just ever so slightly over the top. Yeah. I'm going to compress that slightly, because what I want is when the seeds germinate for those seeds to be in contact with the soil, yeah. and then they'll get the nutrients they need from it. How... How many seeds would you put in each plug? I put two or three in each of the plugs. And then what I do is I thin out the weakest one. Right. So you are struck. And and listen, people. I've been there. Don't try and replant those little things that you pull out. When you've done it, them out, yeah, yeah. You uh, you, can, yes, typically, yeah. yes, it can be done, but you can transplant those little tiny seedlings. It's oh. called cool. it's freaking out, right? It, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's, you're I'll talk about lettuces like but, that, yeah, because for yeah, me, that's different. Lettuces is because they're so t- t- delicate, aren't they? But, um, yeah, so two or three in a plug, and I'm literally just going to discard the smallest ones, I'm going to keep the biggest yeah. ones, discard the smallest ones, and that, that's it. And it's the same process in terms of you're going to obviously put some compost in, firm it down, put the seeds in, cover it with a light covering of compost, you don't want too much. No. Just a light covering on there. Yeah. Um, so that you can't see the seed anymore effectively. Yeah. If you can sieve it, that's gold standard stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, get a really light potting compost and sieve that so that yeah. it's really delicate and tender. And would you water it before? Or? Um, typically, my compost is reasonably moist and I've got yeah. a mister. Yeah, okay. So I can mist with my hose. Oh, wow. All right. So that hose. So if you don't, yeah, so a mister's pretty good, isn't it? I've got a mister attachment on my hose yeah. yeah but you could have one of those squirty bottles in your green house, you could if you didn't the want to wet the, the everything the other thing in. you can get is have you seen the um, the bottle cap yeah mattress. I've got one yeah so you get like a two litre coke bottle yeah and you can get a replacement cap which replaces the original one with like a little tiny a sp- little spout on it doesn't it yeah, yeah. to be honest with you, you you could probably just poke holes in a top of a coke bottle yeah. couldn't yeah. you that would probably yeah. work yeah. would it yeah. yeah you know oh, yeah. If, if for people out there who might yeah. not you could get like a hot something like a like, a you know, uh, an awl or something like that yeah, and make yeah. holes in the Just top of a print lid. holes through the top. Yeah, that'd yeah, probably work pressure when you squeeze it would be enough mm-hmm. to get that'd out be right, Absolutely. So I might to... make one tonight. I might yeah. make one and put yeah. it on there. <laughs> yeah. 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 DIY. So, uh, with that, and I'm not too precious about my seedlings, I've got to be honest. Some people say, I've got to use the Mr. and all that. They come back. Yeah. It, it might not come back slightly, but I've never noticed it. In well. fact, if anything, I would argue that... A little bit of them being knocked over, particularly not so much with lettuce, but with brassicas. If when you're watering, you're a little bit too robust with it, they'll get knocked down. They'll stand back mm, up again. Yeah, and they'll be fine, and they'll get back on. So that's your brassicas. Yeah, and they would be in those little plugs for how long? I would look at anything up to six weeks to eight to eight okay. weeks, something like that. And then you could plant them straight to yeah. where they're going to then grow. The problem you've got is that by that point in time the compost will be starting to run out of nutrients. Okay. So your starting compost will be starting to to, to be you know, spent. Yeah, yeah, the food yeah. that was in it yeah. will be gone. Yeah. And the, seed, the seeds are all right for a couple of weeks because they've got what they need. Yeah. And you've got about six weeks of the compost. Yeah. So around about that time, and I had some earlier this year that I could see that they were starting to run out of nutrients. You okay. can see the way that they grow, they, the colour changes. Right? Okay. And they're starting to then run out of nutrients they need. Yeah. So I was like, I need to get them in the ground like pronto. Right, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the nice thing about that is that because I've then got them in the greenhouse, I can plant them out later on. And yeah. Ideally, what you would do at this time of year with that sort of thing is, is that you'd then harden them off outside. Yeah. Right. So when we talk about things growing on and, and it being cold at night, what you're going to do is you're going to bring those plants out of the greenhouse and put them somewhere sheltered in the garden. For the day. For, during the daytime, mostly. Yeah. Um, for a couple of weeks. If the, if the nighttime temperatures is warmer than they yeah. are now. Yeah. You know, I, my, I think I had my tomatoes outside by this time last year. Well, I put my, yeah. I, you know, I've lost some of my tomato <coughs> plants by putting them out and they've been too hot. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So yeah. maybe we'll do a bit more in depth on hardening when yeah. we talk about the pests and stuff. But oh, we well, we'll talk about the tenders probably yeah. better time. Right. But certainly you've got that control about where are they going to be? What environment yeah. do these plants need to thrive? Yeah. And you've got with them being in pots and not in the ground, you've got much more control. All right. So then the last one we might talk about that you could sow. So we've talked about <coughs> carrots and and beetroot and turnips and you've done the brassicas so Mm. i think that within the brassicas what you've described you could actually sow your peas or mange too like that as well i sow pretty much everything like that yeah apart from i've done beetroot direct the only thing we might do with peas mange too is that when we've got the little plug plants we plant we might put another seed pea in as well so that to get a bit of succession yeah right yeah Peas are obviously a bit easier to sow because you can do them individually. They're easy to count, yeah. and you can put them in. Yeah, you can sow peas directly, but again, they do tend to get trounced by um, by pests. But you can certainly do them like Alan was talking about in little plugs. Um, I've done them in pots and then sort of just pulled them apart and separated them yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, people, I've seen people do them in in uh, ros- uh, guttering. Yeah, that's a very popular way, but yeah. I just. For me, having a row of guttering in my greenhouse That's is a pain, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, right. pots. yeah, and then just yeah. pull them apart and put them in. The yeah. only thing that I know that I've definitely done with peas is I've overwatered mm-hmm. them, and, and I have to be really mindful of that because, you know, there's been times I've gone in and then I've and I've got the peas out and they've either rotted in in the in the pot because it's been too damp and then got cold, mm-hmm. um, and and you know and and there is also if the drainage in the bottom of your pots isn't good they can kind of almost suffocate in the water if yeah, the drainage the drain. isn't right. Yeah, they drown, yeah. So, so you can do peas the same way. And after my issue that I had with my greenhouse, I've sowed another sort of 50 yeah. um, Oregon sugar pod. Yeah. But it could be a pea or a monge too yeah. or whatever. So. I think, think while we're, we're talking about overwatering as well, it's important to say if you're going to use homemade pots, like yogurt pots or something mm. like that, that you put some holes in the bottom. Yeah, massive. Um, and, and also, when you look, if you actually look at a flower pot, that yeah. a plant comes in from the from the garden center, or wherever, or even from the supermarket. Yeah. Even even those little pots of herbs that you buy yeah. from the yeah. supermarket, the 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 bottom of the the um, flower pot is not flush to a table. No, it's not. It's kind of raised up in areas. It's it's got and little feet on it, it. It's got little feet on it, and and then it's got holes in different parts of it. And the reason for that is to allow the water out of the bottom. Yeah. So if you're going to use, you know, yogurt pots or whatever it might be, you know, make sure you have got holes in the bottom and make sure that that that, that it's not flat to a bench somehow. No. So you need to raise it up even slightly, either by using like a slatted bench or, yeah. Like the, the bench you've got, presumably, did you get some of your grow house or not? I know the, the little four tier grow come houses with, come with, come little with racks, a little wire they? bench, but they're not great. So yeah. what I, tend, I tend to stand everything in um, uh, sea trays anyway, yeah. just yeah. cause yeah. they're easier to move around. So. But, the, but the wire racks is good. They're all right. Well. But any, anything that's not flat. yeah, Yeah. yeah. I totally agree. So there are some things that you could be sowing now. Um, I'll do one more thing about the salads because we talked a little bit about the rocket and the direct sowing salads. One of the other things that I do is that I will sow, and the reason I do it is because if I sow a a row of salad now, let's say I do a row of little gem lettuces Mm. or something like that, they'll all come at once. And so for me, I actually find it easier is to sow a small 8 centimetre pot Mm. Of salad, yeah, and then I'll get ten out of it, yeah, and then I and then next week I'll do another one and another one, and and pricking out is where you take those little individual seedlings out and put them into individual pots mm. or put them in the ground, yeah. I think maybe we'll talk about that again next week because that's another skill, yeah. you know, um, to to learn. But for me, that is about controlling numbers, you yes. know. Yeah, um, I don't like to sow head lettuces, you know, yeah. like what you were saying directly because i i find it very hard then i have so much waste in between the rows yeah. um but what i've always done is grown on my lettuce and they look dreadful when you do them prick yeah. them out i mean they're just look like little green wisps yeah but quite often i'm not putting them in the soil i'm growing to completion yeah. in a mushroom tray yeah so they're, they're actually full grown in trays under net yeah. okay so i i think that if you're a beginner that is a trick to be avoided personally mm. Mm. only because you're right they look like little green wisps and if you then don't know how to look after <laughs> yeah them, and if you do water them a bit too yeah. robustly you'll kill a them bit, and they're yeah, done they can be a bit and they'll dry out that. really quick because they're tiny they've got yeah. tiny little roots so, so really perhaps so perhaps rather than going into that just say that if you're going to do lettuces yeah don't sow a bed of lettuces because no, no. <laughs> they will all be up <laughs> yeah. in one go so yeah. do a half a row or a row or a small pot and, and then next small week pots. then next week do another one Yeah and next week do another one and then kind of what should happen is when you look in your bed after six weeks you've got lettuces growing at all different stages yeah and then as you start to use a clear one row if you then sow it again it yeah. sort of gets that rotation going on a little bit of natural review. yes <laughs> get it in there get it in there So. <laughs> i think i think the other thing to say about lettuce is that people view it as a summer crop yeah that's the other uh, thing which, which, which we always eat it as a summer crop but actually lettuces don't like it when it gets no, hot they really do <laughs> they really will suffer i know that no they won't suffer mate They're dying. They're dying. Yeah. they'll die they'll frazzle <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> crispy lettuce seaweed i love it it's oh, <laughs> just coming up it? <laughs> gutty, Yeah, it is um, bad. It is so bad. so whilst we do eat it as a summer crop as it gets hotter you need to bear that in mind so don't keep them in the greenhouse no. if it's really hot no. get them outside They'll be quite happy. So to we've, talked, we've talked birds. there about some very specific ways to sow and like yeah. really done. So maybe if we just rattle off things that you could do, right? So we've talked about them. You could do spring onions. Pretty much anything. Yeah. That you're, any vegetable you want to grow, yeah. you'll find a variety you yeah. can sow right now. So yeah. April and May, yeah. is especially end of April, beginning of May, is yeah. like the prime yeah. vegetable sowing season. There's a few tender ones that we'll talk yeah, about, maybe like your pumpkins. I think it's important to say that things like climbing beans, pumpkins, courgettes, squashes, uh, sweet corn to an extent, yeah. um, don't like getting cold. So, so what we did, mate, is we talked about direct sowing. Yep. And then we talked about the brassicas. Would you direct? Would they be outside, or would you actually have them in a greenhouse while they're doing they're that in, in your garden? Right. So, what would you call that? Undercover, it's undercover, yeah. Undercover. Yeah. So we've done direct sowing carrots, maybe your turnips yeah. and your beetroot, yeah. and then we talked about undercover sowing. So they are things that might you might start in plugs and they yeah. get a bit protected. So that was your don't necessarily need to be warm. No, just, no, just away from the frost. Yeah. Okay. And that's so, what my greenhouse does: is it doesn't get frosted inside. So we're talking there about the brassicas, so the yeah. early uh, the summer cabbage and yeah. the broccoli, and to a certain extent um, the peas. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And you could do those. You could do those in a porch. You right do them on a north-facing window. Yeah, um, somewhere they're not going to get too hot. Yeah, okay. Yeah. They're not going to get fried. And then the salad stuff you mm-hmm. could actually sow that in a pot, and it actually could be outside. Oh yeah, yeah. You a doubt. know what I mean? Because but, the, but the brassicas could be outside. Right. they could all be outside. Actually, the beetroot prefers it a bit warmer. Yeah, but I've, I sowed beetroot in March outside, yeah, you've and it's coming alright. You Got lucky there, so, didn't you? Well, and it covers. Yeah. Right. Well, and also it's been light. Is the yeah, in it's the it. light, lots of light, and I've got I've got those little cloches up yeah. there which has covered it. Enough so that's the right. difference between direct sowing outside, no cover, mm. and mm. then with and then what we've spoke about is mm. undercover. Yeah, and then the tender stuff is stuff that would need to be in a like a warm heated well, greenhouse. Many of the things that we're going to talk about there need need warmth to germinate. Yeah, so you're looking at twenty degrees Celsius, yeah. so sewed indoors. Right? So we might do them next time. I think so. I think the only thing to say is that you can sow them now indoors. But if you do, you need a contingency for what you're going to do when they need to go outdoors. And I've been in plenty of situations where the beans have started winding around themselves and got in such a tangle that they were never going to be usable because I'd sowed them too soon and I wasn't able to put them outside. So yes, you could do it now. Personally, I'd wait another But you need somewhere to keep them for maybe three weeks, four weeks, if it's really frosty. And they're going to get really big in that time. So So where are you going to store 40, 50 tomatoes? Uh, Twenty or thirty beans, a uh, load of sweet <laughs> corn, some chilies, some peppers, some summer, pump- and do you know what? Pumpkins take up more room. Their leaves are massive, aren't yeah, they. Huge, <laughs> they are so we're yeah. going to talk about tender plants that you might need to germinate and sow under cover next week, right? uh, or next time, because we've got we've got enough for people to be getting on with. I think, if, I think if between now and the next episode, everybody went out and sowed some salad, yeah, some root crops, yeah. and some brassicas. Yeah. Then they're all yeah. gonna have a lot more food. Yeah, I think that will be really good. Really yeah. good. All right. Okay. Right. So um, I think that will do for that a little bit. Yep. And then we might just talk a little bit about one more question. We had. A question we had. Anyway, so we'll come back and we'll talk about that. Yeah. yeah. Right. Brilliant. Right. Okay, we're back for part three, mate. So we had a question, didn't we? Part three, mate. We've gone. Three. Oh, no, mate, I know. It's like Star Wars, isn't, isn't it? it? <laughs> Trilogy. <laughs> no, we had a question. What was the question we had that came in? So one of my friends, a Facebook group, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. One of my friends was talking about primarily. I think he's planting a hedge row, mm. but they've redesigned their garden. And they wanted to know about attracting wildlife okay. into yes. the garden, yeah. and how they could do that. You know. Um, I think they just sort of started thinking about it. And so I thought, well, we've done a lot of stuff to do with food and kind of um, resources and things like that. But part and parcel of what I hope we both believe in is that that element of husbandry and about not just taking, you know, oh, from whatever down. we're doing. Yeah. And I know that we, we will talk probably next week, uh, next time we do it, about, you know, how annoying insects <laughs> are and yeah. how annoying some birds are. <coughs> But that goes hand in glove with a deep love of those kind of that, that natural cycle and those and the natural world really. And as long as it doesn't impact on you know the, the amounts that we get, I think there's a bit of give and take really, isn't there? And certainly in the spaces that we occupy where food production isn't the sole aim. Yeah. I think we're both very interested in 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 in, in, in nature Definitely. and conservation and, yeah. and, and, and ecology and yeah. And so it's you know if we're if we're aware that we have to be really fastidious about keeping cabbage white butterflies off that patch of our garden, yeah. that doesn't mean that they're not allowed to go on a different patch of yes. the garden. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just about that oh, particularly swarm of the devil, mate. I've oh. chosen the wrong one, there, mate. Your favourite? is I you? have a bounty on their head in the summertime <laughs> in my garden. I can tell you, <laughs> miles bar well for every dead one. <laughs> and so I, you know, it did get me thinking about it, and. The other thing that it really made me think about was that perhaps more than anything else, my children like they don't mind coming out and doing a bit of help sowing vegetables and mm. things like that. but I know that they love they love it if we're doing anything to do with nature or animals or um, you know ponds and things like that. there's more that's the thing that really gets them. So you know in this day and age, if you want to get your children involved in either homesteading mm. or having a better understanding. You know, I, I can't think of a better way... Some kind of creature in the garden... Than, as than, as well. than yeah. through yeah. nature. Yeah. And it doesn't always have to be about animals. You know, the plant stuff is... I, I've always been a, a plant man, yeah. you know. Trees and flowers, i absolutely, yeah. absolutely... You know, in awe of how they work and stuff like yeah. that. But I think if you can attract wildlife to your garden it is worth its weight in gold. so I, I, I reckon if you listen back to some of our early podcasts mm-hmm. I'll be talking loads about how my kids loved our wildlife yeah I remember this time last year yes. and we couldn't get out we literally were shut at home weren't yeah, we all of yeah. us at that point and, and it was like out in the pond pond yeah. dipping in our pond looking yeah. at the frog spawn that was in yeah. there managed to get a some frog spawn from the local pond yeah. put that in there and, and watching the frogs develop yeah. and, and there's and, nothing like everybody says if you want to get wildlife in your garden even if it is a bucket <coughs> dug in the soil yep. a yep. pond is the way to go yeah yep. Um, I think the that, first thing to say, though, right? Yeah. And this is not how to get wildlife into your garden. Yeah. It's more how to not keep it out of your garden. Yeah. And that is, if you want to get wildlife into your garden, don't keep cats. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because we had a spell. Where we used to have a very old cat. Yeah. And he didn't ever, you know, say boo to a goose, and might mm-hmm. try and catch a bird or anything. And since we've had younger cats, he's chased all the birds out of the garden. Yeah. Yeah. Much and, my, and do, do you know dog. what's got? Mine's coming the other way. <laughs> So we didn't put anything out for a lot of birds yeah. for the first yeah. 10 years. But now my cat's getting a bit old. He's yeah, like, yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and so it's only now this year mm. that we've put the feeders out. And he's yeah. not he's not been... Because, I mean, he must He was a terror for, yeah. for catching birds. And it's just not fair to bring them in, is it? No, no. And that's exactly it. So we don't feed the birds in the garden for that and, there's a difference between feeding birds and having bird boxes, yep. in my opinion, because yep. you know, we successfully had bird boxes when we had a cat. Yep. We just had to be really careful about where, where they were. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we've definitely um, done that. So, let, so, so, should we start with a bigger picture then? Because yeah. obviously, if you're going to try and bring wildlife into your garden, the, the, the big consideration has got to be what things the wildlife need. Yeah. Right? And it's the same as us, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. They want somewhere, somewhere to hide away where they're safe and warm. Oh, yeah. I don't know. They want something to eat, something to drink. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit of safety from predators I suppose yeah, yeah. What, else are we, what else are we thinking of there Am I missing something off there no I think that's about that's it really that's and, and, and others of their kind Yeah. others <laughs> kind of their kind so you got someone to get jiggy with yeah, you know, that's the right time it, is, really. yeah, at <laughs> um, So I think you're exactly right and um, you, don't overthink it No. and perhaps the easiest way you know what we were saying at the beginning is don't be too tidy <laughs> I, 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 so I'm so down with this one it's my favourite rule <laughs> Oh dear <laughs> Just excuses for laziness yeah, mate. And yeah. I'm taking that so, but I've, I've taken it to the other extreme Where you know some of those bit, logs That we've cut over the years mm. Are laying in my flower borders yeah, Purposefully yeah. Right? And I know that's going to harbour A few slugs and snails But it's also going to harbour you know, The, the, the clean up crew yeah. The wood lice and all that Are going to come along But it will also harbour centipedes Which are fabulous predators Stag beetles man Yeah stag beetles Have you seen a stag beetle? Not for a while well, I can tell I is a is a nice, a nice, What they call them Violet beetles Yeah mate. Yeah, Since, oh, rotten, uh, rotten oak logs and yeah. things like that. Stag beetles are rare to see now, yeah. you know, but yeah. a male stag beetle with his antlers on is a thing yeah. of beauty. If yeah. you ever see that, you're like, that's yeah. from the Amazon, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah, not yeah, even yeah. supposed to be like yeah. that. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely stunningly beautiful. So definitely don't be too tidy. And, and that extends to, um, like, at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but my, I've got flowering plants in my garden. Mm-hmm. I, I like to keep a reasonably attractive garden yeah. sitting at home. So that's not so much about fruit production, although there are some fruit and vegetables in there at times. Um, But I've got lots of flowers in there. Mm -hmm. I'm not ever too quick to take down the flowering spikes. Yeah, and the seed heads. So leave the the right vegetation even. And I'm not ever too quick to take the right vegetation Mm -hmm. away. No, any of that stuff. Just leave it. I might sometimes take it off the plant and lay it on the ground, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, And sort of like chop and drop munch kind of idea. but... I'm never too quick to tell. No. So, if we were going to create maybe three or four habitats, what would yeah. you think of? A pond, a pond is a big one, right? I think, I think number one's got, got to be water. Yeah, yeah. But for some people with very young children, obviously, quite rightly, they're worried about a pond and, and the danger of. It, like you say, that doesn't need to be a pond. Like I've, I've got a little one that I dug into the ground. I've yeah, also got, I've got this like cattle trough that I've dug yeah. into the ground, right? And they both act as ponds in the garden and they bring yeah. the pigeons and the rooks and whatever yeah. that are not as scared of the cats in. Um, but, but the insect thinks, life will really develop, uh, well. not uh, it? There were dragonfly yeah. larvae in the, yeah. the maze. And day, yeah. that could be a washing up bowl sunk in the yeah, ground. Yeah, it could be. It with some stones around the yeah. outside. As long as as long as things have got a way of getting out if they fall in yeah. as well, yeah? doesn't even need to be at ground level, though, does it? No. If you think about it, you know, if you're worried about kids falling in, then raise it up off the yeah. ground. You know? yeah. My trough doesn't need to be sunk into the ground. It could be raised up on bricks. Well, you see enough things yeah. in it, don't you? <laughs> um, so, so water of some kind. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and, and that will encourage... All your amphibians in, obviously all your water, aquatic beetles mm-hmm. and larvae and whatever mm-hmm. else. But those are going to feed everything else, yeah. and it's the larvae that you want because that's the bottom of the food chain, isn't it? Yeah. And so, for example, like my, my wife's always, I oh, don't want a pond in the garden because we just get mosquito larvae. Mm-hmm. And like we've got bats flying around the yeah, garden yeah. every night when it's warm enough. Yeah, and and picking those mosquitoes pick, off. Pick, you know, it, it goes round. Oh man, I set again those natural rhythms. But if yeah. you get one thing doesn't lead to the dearth of something else no. you know it, 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 it you create environments where other animals will come in yeah so alongside your water i would have and i would have it in a damp manky bit of your garden which yeah. is good you know behind a shed or down yeah. the side i would have that log pile down there yeah. Yeah. Um, and don't clear it up and it will become kind of overgrown it might get mushroomy yeah. toadstooly, but that's where you're going to get those ground dwelling beetles and lava and yeah. things like that so if you're going for your if you're going for your pond, yeah. I would go for the log pile oh, well. um, and you can put some old leaves on it and what have you, you know. I mean, the bug hotel idea is like really common yeah. now it? and I think most people yeah. will be familiar with what I mean when no, I say like, like, bug hotel yeah. and they can be as small or as big as you like. I've seen them done with pallets and enormous great yeah. things like, not I've seen them done with tiny little bits. Yeah. That can be any old manky logs or bits of timber, yeah. you know, natural timber. Don't yeah. just, you know, throw your MDF down there and expect yeah. that to work because it probably won't. Yeah. But yeah, and certainly, you know, once you start to, it depends how big your space is. And I understand that for some people, they, you know, they've only got a small garden that they, you know, a big log pile is not going to look that great. But certainly, somewhere where some of those insects, which rely on dead or decay and plant material, yeah. that would be where they would go. So we're going to, so we we've, we've solved the water problem because we've got some sort of water feature. We've, we're starting to provide some shelter. Let's continue that theme. And so, what other shelters would you put in? So, let's say, I don't know, the obvious predator is a hedgehog, right? Yeah. And as a gardener that likes to grow vegetables, they are my best mate. Yeah. Because they're going to eat all the things that are going to eat my cabbages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So, so how am I going to get those in the garden? So hedge- well, hedgehogs are quite tricky to get in because they're quite rare now as well. Mm. Um, one thing that people don't realise about hedgehogs is that even though they look like they, they are like athletic climbers, mm. so if you've got chain link fencing or even <laughs> ordinary fencing, yeah. they're going up and over that yeah. if they're not going under it. Right. Um, you can encourage them in with obviously they love earthworms are they a serious yeah. thing aren't yeah. they um, so I would be looking to encourage as many of those damper areas in your garden where you're going to get those worms to surface yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not a great advocate of feeding wildlife no, really? I've never done it some people do yeah. but so I'm not going to talk about that but I would be looking to create if you can create the log pile uh, Environment and if you can create a water environment, I don't think you're far away of having the next layer of the, of the food chain up, which yeah. is those insectivores, yeah. and that will be your hedgehogs. Mm-hmm. Um, it will be it, it will be your frogs, but it might also be some of your more furry rodents, who yeah. some people don't like. So you've yeah, got to bear that in mind. Yeah, yeah. You know, you might have got you, chickens, you have got them anyway, though, right? Yeah, but I'm <laughs> talking about your voles and your shrews yeah, yeah. and your mice and things <laughs> like that. Um, you might also then start to get into some different birds, mm-hmm. you know, and so the next thing that I would talk about would be, yeah, you could have a hedgehog house. I would do that, and the other thing I would do is, would... again, not being too tidy with your fences. No. So, one of the big problems that hedgehogs have, one of the reasons why they struggle is they can't get is through. they can't get through, the, so they, they've not got big enough territory yeah. to get through the, the gardens with, with modern fencing. They can't get under. They yeah. can't get round, and they have to go over. And they have to go over, and that's difficult with a wooden like you know. Yeah. So you, you can little cut little holes in the yeah. corners of your know, yeah. fences and yeah. stuff like that. So yeah, a hedgehog house. Yeah, but then you're also talking about your birdhouses, mm. your bat boxes. Yeah, and let's not forget that some insects eat insects. Yeah. So you know, if you've got dragonfly, you know that's brilliant, yeah. isn't it? But you could also go down the route of you know, the um, bee houses and stuff yeah, like yeah, that where you drill holes in bits yeah. of wood and things yeah. like that yeah. and put them up. So, you know, that would be your next layer, that yeah. kind of, those insectivores, yeah. you know, yeah. that's what I would be going and yeah, But also for. then, you know, going back to the question about putting hedges in, Yeah. you know, I I, I would definitely advocate hedges. I've actually put a hedge in my front garden yeah. for exactly that reason. Um, several years ago now, it's quite a nice size now. Yeah. I only did a single row of, like, Mixed, deciduous, and evergreen. And I think that that what you've just said there is is probably the most important bit. If you have a straight beech hedge mm. or a straight hawthorn hedge or yeah. a straight privet hedge, yeah. even though they are a food source for a certain, and uh, m- mostly moths and caterpillars and different insects will eat that particular plant, yeah. by going to a mixed hedgerow, yeah. you create a much more diverse kind of set yeah. of um, uh, growing conditions and therefore food sources for other animals and plants. And so. what's nice about hedges is you can go different ways at it. So you could go at it like a, you know, a fruiting hedge. So you yeah. could go down the route of a low hedge made out of blackcurrant bushes or redcurrant bushes. Yeah, absolutely. Or you can go at it from the way that I've gone at it, which is actually what I want some nice green stuff. Yeah. So I've got something to look at in the winter, but I want some flowers on there. Yeah. So I've got like a flowering current in there. Yeah got a Gary Elliptica which is like this, this big it's a big shrub right it's yeah. an ornamental shrub with lovely dangling catkins at yeah. this, this sort of time of year. And I like a traditional English sort of hedgerow hedge. So yeah. I like personally. Yeah. I don't mind beech. I don't mind some hazel in there. Yeah edge. see I've got some of that as well. I, I like a holly yeah if you'll want a bit yeah. of green through the winter. Yeah. I don't mind some quickthorn because yeah. you get beautiful blossom. Yeah. I've thrown a philadelphus in there which is another flowering yeah. shrub. I've thrown a Forsythia in there, which is yeah. the one that's got the yellow, the big one has got the yellow flowers yeah. on them in it. But these are plants that won't mind being kept back at yeah. a hedge size that will still do their thing. Yeah, and as long and as still you, look beautiful. And you maintain them and you yeah. cut them and stuff yeah. like that. And, and when you cut, say you're not cutting when the birds are nesting and yeah. Yeah. so forth, but yeah. I think then what will happen is that you will see an increase in your wildlife yeah. already just from, yeah. yeah. just from those things. Just from those things. I think there are some real quick... Plants that you can put in though to bring wildlife in, without mm. shadow of a doubt. Yeah. You know, and the, probably the most obvious is a buddleia. Yeah. If you put a buddleia in your garden, mm. you will have loads of butterflies <laughs> yeah, on it. Yeah. Yeah. No, you will, yeah. Yeah, no way. Yeah, You know, yeah. and be. and they are incredible. And I remember um watching um hummingbird hawk moths on the buddleia in yeah, my yeah, front yeah. garden, yeah. and they are incredible. They, one of those things. they are. They're I nice. would say that an, Um, an elder will do the same though an elder will do the same the other one that I've got that does the same and and I I hate the thing right I moved into (laughs) I moved into the house 13 years ago right and I've got this great big shrub and at the time it was the only plant in the garden there were two shrubs one right by the house and one right down the end of the garden and that was basically in the back garden the rest of it was not even really lawn it was like scrubby horrible Mm. you know grassy stuff and this pyracantha that I've got, it must be three metres tall, and mm. probably two and a half metres out from the fence, yeah. and it is ugly, yeah. <laughs> except for when it's covered in flower and bumblebees yeah. in the spring, yeah. and covered in these beautiful orange berries, and yeah. being chopped down by the blackbirds yeah. in the autumn. Yeah. And, that's and for those two reasons, yeah. it's got to stay. Yeah. <laughs> it's so and, that, sin and, and that's going to lead me on to the next bit, Al, is that you, if you want <laughs> wildlife in your garden... There are some plants which you might not like, so yeah. you might not like stinging nettles. Yeah, but by gummers, there are a lot of things that do, you yeah, know. Yeah. And if you want to encourage certain types of butterflies mm. and certain types mm. of um, insects, you might have to have a bit which is yeah. a bit more neglected—a a, nettly bit, heavens yeah. forbid, a brambly bit, yeah. because there's so many plants, mm. uh, so many f- um, animals that live off of those particular plants we're know. both fortunate in the regard that we've got those just outside of our back garden so well I've got some, some of those in my garden oh, yeah. mate I'm not going to lie to you <laughs> I've probably got the old one but I do try and get rid of them out of the garden but I've got the patch at the back of my house where the trees are that yeah. is brambly and nettley yeah. and all that and you've got obviously the, the, yeah, the, the field fields behind right? so. you yeah. and, and we've got you know, all of those plants are in my garden without yeah. a shadow of a yeah. and, and the nature mm. of those plants is that they're all out at different times mm. therefore you've got that constant kind mm. of kind of mm variety of food sources available the other thing i would i would encourage people, there's two things i would encourage people to do actually in terms of flowering plants mm. i think one is to try and think about and this is to your benefit as well is that if you've got flowers in your garden all year round mm. then those insects that rely on those flowers for food mm. have got something to eat yeah. all year round yeah. and you've got something nice to look at so that's yeah. a good start and you can do it in different ways the obvious one is like getting your snowdrops in and getting your bluebells and your daffodils and like for early season mm. flowering But also, don't forget the flowers on trees like hazel. Yeah, it doesn't look like a flower much, but that's hugely important. Massive source of pollen. Massive source of pollen. (laughs) Um, And the other one is that people have a fixation. I think I mentioned this last time. Fixation of the lawn. Mm. And I do understand a beautifully manicured lawn looks nice. Mm. But to me, it doesn't look as nice as a not beautifully manicured lawn covered in wildlife. Mm. Yeah, I agree. And and I do, I do view those beautifully manicured lawns as a bit desert myself. But leave a border around the edge. Yeah, and Even if you leave a foot around the edge of your lawn, which yeah. you let grow up and seed, yeah. heaven forbid, yeah. but you've got more wildlife in there, yeah. all of a sudden you're going to have grasshoppers, all yeah. of a sudden you're going to have crickets, yeah. and you're going to have all of those ladybirds and yeah. maybugs and all yeah. of that, just in a foot around the outside if you let it go. Um, and, and you don't even, you don't have to go as far as putting in a proper wildflower meadow, although actually, if you want to, please do, because yeah. we could do with as much of that habitat as we can get. Um, like you say, just letting it grow long, you know, all of our houses were once fields, right? On fields. Yeah. And they, they, the, our gardens were once yeah. open countryside, wherever we are. Yeah. And for some of us, it's longer ago than others. Mm. But as I've spoken about before, my little verge where I park my car, every summertime, I, I can tell you there's all these wildflowers yeah. coming up through there. You should put a fence around, that. Eh? So the council will to cut it. <laughs> Don't cut the grass. <laughs> yeah, I might put some stakes or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <there> outside <laughs> like that? Do not cut, yeah. Or, or pretend there's a really rare, rare orchid in it, and so they can't you could just put, I'm Sure like, I could find it. Yeah. Sure. I could buy seeds online. So then, so then we move up <laughs> onto even bigger animals. If you can get them, yeah. uh, it's not going to happen for everyone because yeah. it depends where you are. Mind you, the you know how many people now see foxes as part of their everyday life and badgers in their garden all the yeah. time. Yeah. 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 I'm very lucky that in the field behind my house there is all, often red deer, uh, not red deer, fallow deer in there like all the time. Yeah. Um, and we obviously see foxes and we've got badger sets very close to where we are. Yeah. But the other thing that we have got, which is amazing to hear and see, is we have got birds that prey on other um, birds or yeah, animals. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, the owl population yeah, I am yeah. is high. Yeah. Only last week a sparrow hawk absolutely bombed through my back garden. He yeah, yeah. was probably trying to take out my guinea pigs. <laughs> to be didn't to see that because normally you see this flash, Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. And we do see kestrels and things yeah. like that. It is yeah. incredible just to I, see I, how it moves up the chain. And we're starting to see just in our area now, hmm. I mean, the, the the proliferation of buzzards oh, over the last five years, ten since, years, since I was a kid, is yeah. unreal. And now we've got red kites down here. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they're animals which, when you talk to children about them, they are yeah. like, whoa, yeah. like that. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, and they're, that's so, an they're amazing so big, thing aren't, aren't they? Those birds of prey, they're yeah. so distinctively yeah. big. Yeah. yeah. They are beautiful. Yeah. And Couldn't be mistaken, could yeah. you? No, absolutely <laughs> not. But you might then also start to see, you know, what I like. I love birds, but. I think if you see a snake in your garden, that's I tell you really what, it's when you lift up the, off the top of the compost bin. Oh, there's a slow so worm. Slow worm in there. Yeah. Oh, mate, I love that. When you so see reptiles, cool. I think you've yeah. really got there, don't yeah. you? Yeah. And yeah. and again, you've got to be careful. Cats love slow worms without yeah. a shadow of a doubt. But you know, I think if you can get the water in your garden, you have some of that aquatic life. You know, the chances are you get your grass snakes and your yeah. things like that. And that is that special. To so, see, so really, what we're saying then. Is, is that if you look after the little things, and the big things will yeah, look after absolutely. themselves, yeah. Absolutely. So if you and look after small animals, everything else will, will follow. Yeah, and that's, and that's natural. That doesn't mean that you can't put out, you know, I don't feed mammals, but I do feed the birds in my garden. Yeah. We have got a bird table. And that's been amazing to see mm. that. And we're, we're quite seasonal. Yeah. We don't do it all year. Yeah. We do it in the winter when mm. th- things are hard for the animals. Yeah. But one of the nicest things I saw this year, it's really crazy. I have got one of the ugliest dogs known to man, right? It is a one-eyed shih tzu. <laughs> they say dogs are like their own as well. Face yeah, f- f- <laughs> radio, mate, face from radio. So I've got a one-eyed shih tzu which has got very long hair, yep. right? And what was really nice was that after we cut it, it was really nice to see the blackbird's coming at the blue tits coming down and looking for the bits of fur to line their nests so somewhere unfortunately there's a brood of black uh, blue tits being reared in in, in the hair of my (laughs) my dog's backside mate probably (laughs) no what i'm saying is that you know it doesn't always have to be about food the resources that you put out things like that so no no i think having a bird box having a bat box you know those sorts of things yeah yeah, and you, and you could do that wherever you are yeah. just on the side of the building absolutely you can even buy you know things which are better or higher up so if yeah. you've got house martins and you yeah, can get yeah. some of those pre-made concrete things if you can't find the mud they'll get filled up yeah. you know they will get filled if up if you've got space to get hold of like if you live bit. on a tower block and you've got peregrine falcons yeah. I want to hear from you yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing yeah. Yeah. can you imagine that yeah. That'd be cool, maybe man. we could put a challenge out for the next couple of weeks. All right. right? What's the coolest thing you can see? Well, let's see if we can get some photos of wildlife. All right. That'd be a nice thing, all wouldn't right? it? Because well, I know that not everyone. There's about two or three people who are actually posting, but yeah. we know more people are listening and seeing. Yeah. So when we get home, maybe we'll put a thing about right. you know what what wildlife. And if you can't get a photo, maybe just say what it is. But yeah. oh yeah, all right. I'll take. I prefer the photo. What though. wildlife? See a picture. Of it didn't happen, mate, You know. I'm gonna get. I, I'm going have <laughs> to get my Macro lens out on a deal Wildlife in your garden, mate. Amazing. Right, so, so what we're saying then is, is look after little things, get some water in there, get plenty of shelter in there, make sure you've got some food for the different smaller animals and that will bring the bigger animals mm. in and, and no, that'll sure of that will take care of itself. And Obviously, depending then on where you live and you know, obviously if you're in a, a sort of some of the different parts of the UK that we are, um, you'll certainly get different wildlife and perhaps bigger. And What will be your ultimate animal to see or, in your garden? I know, I, what, my, I know what mine is, hands down hands down an old line is. I am, I am dying yeah. to see a red kite in my area. Oh, okay. Because every time I go anywhere slightly west and north of me, mm. and I saw one about 40 minutes drive west and north, yeah. northwest of me, over the Easter break, Yeah, I you know, okay. no met with a friend of mine, there's a red kite flying. So they're not far away from no, me. They're I've not. heard tell they're, they're in the valley behind. Yeah, me. they're around, aren't they? Um, well, I've never yet seen one in my area, so probably that. Okay, my ultimate would be to see a wild boar looking at me. <laughs> from <my> back, <laughs> Staring at you through not the, through the telescope not lens that. of your I, rifle. No, yeah. I, would, yeah. not, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. I'd <laughs> love to see a wild boar yeah. Yeah. in Sussex, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I know they're in the area. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the other one I'd yeah. like to see, Yeah, and I know that they're not so much, but they've been reintroduced recently, is Beaver. Yeah, that'd be cool. Because that it? is that is, diff- and then talking about wildlife habitat. Yeah, I know they're doing a little project up at Bedgbury Planetum at the minute, yeah, where they put laid some logs down and they're trying to make some mm. ponds based yeah. on that. Yeah, and it kind of downhill, so it's a series of ponds going downhill, and that will bring some amazing wildlife in when that's established. And beavers do the same, don't they? Yeah, so oh, actually what well, that's they do. of the, uh, there's ponds and that. that. So, so that yeah, would, wild boar, mate. If I look out my back gate and I see a wild boar. I'd be happy it. enough to see deer, mate, to be fair. Oh, you come around I and love see them in I, the I love inside. seeing deer, though. We, there are a couple of road deer that just on the outskirts of Seaford, though, that I saw a couple of weeks ago again when I was Every the day, day, they're just brazen, mate. Yeah. Out of my walk, I see them just yeah. like, yeah, I'm what? Yeah. <laughs> when well, the field at the back of my house, they're there all the time. Yeah. But you don't always see them. Yeah. But if you go out really early, they use the hazels up at the top to shelter under. There's about 30 or 40 up there. Oh, wow. But yeah, Charlie's, man, there's a match all the fruit trees I try yeah. and sell out at the back there. But it's okay. Natural rhythms, man. Yeah, I love seeing them. Love right, right so thank you very much everyone for listening if you've enjoyed this please do tell everyone about us if you're not already on the Facebook group and want to know why not yeah. and if you are on the Facebook group let's get your pictures on there please and, and tell us about the wildlife that you're getting into your gardens it be really exciting to see some of those pictures uh, and if you're enjoying what you see get on the Facebook give us a follow give us a like get on the Instagram again give us a follow give us a like and we will speak to you again uh, in a couple of weeks time hopefully alright absolutely right. thank you very much take care everyone cheers bye bye